Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show hot damn it's driven radio we are coming to you from driven radio world headquarters in scenic overland park kansas i am brett hatfield here with our engineer and co-host mr catfish groves Yo. but we're missing mr Corey pratt of oh. craving cars on youtube oh, yeah he would like this too. oh except uh last week Corey went oh. out and went out to the west coast and bought himself a little porsche I know, and it's so cool. And this, it's great looking this week, car. he drove it back, and he's back for like a day or two, and then he split to go to Express Rally's Southern Express. So, Mr. Corey's having himself a good time. Perfectly legit reason to Absolutely. miss the show. Absolutely. If I had a new Porsche and some place to drive it, <laughs> my ass wouldn't be here It would either. just be Mark. <laughs> yep. Hi. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sitting there talking about whatever the hell you had to talk about, buddy. Uh, so congratulations, Corey. We're happy for you, and have a great time on the rally, and we'll see you next yeah. week, brother. Well, who we do have here in-house is returning guest, repeat offender, uh, and friend of the show, Mr. John Ross of YouTube's Watch JR Go. Yeah! Hey, hey. Uh, welcome back. You know, it only took me buying a car from you to get you up here. <laughs> it did not. I would have came back without you buying a car. But hey, but look it at it this help. way. It did help. You buy a car, you get a free podcast. And that is, uh, I, and I'm, <laughs> or free delivery. I, I don't know. One I'm of the... <laughs> absolutely satisfied, no matter how you want to cut that. And uh, thank you for bringing that very fine Automobile. Uh, Buick LeSabre. Oh, you've got to walk us through it. you got to walk us through it. No, no. Come um, on. Come on. That okay. is a charming piece of uh, American engineering sitting in your driveway right now. I have a 19-year-old daughter who drives. <laughs> well, she don't. She doesn't think much of brakes. Um, <laughs> she really is a big Brace fan. Brakes are for quitters. <laughs> yeah. Send her block on the gas. Let's just go like hell. And that may be part of the reason she doesn't have a driver's license yet. But uh, that kid's going to need a car eventually, and I didn't want to put her in anything I own uh, because I like all my stuff. So John found this really spectacular... Uh, 97, is it? Yeah, 97. I thought it was a 96 the whole time, but I pulled up the title, 97. 97, Buick LeSabre. The best part of the whole car is it's got that 3.8 in it. Oh, it's so, and it's, yeah, the 3.8 series too, because I think it was uh, optional-ish in 96, 97, you know? And that's one of the better, the best motors GM ever made. They're Absolutely. just bulletproof. You can't kill them. Yep. And the car looks pretty okay on the outside as long as you're not looking real close and you've had a few beers it's a 30 30 footer <laughs> yeah maybe 40 on the inside it looks pretty good it's it's got that maroon velour that uh, might... oh, it's like a flesh wound oh yeah well it's it's definitely interesting at any rate really good for a first time driver oh, and, yeah. and the brake pad uh they're probably at 75 percent Hey, that's I, I, be, that's better than some of my cars. Absolutely. That's all right. Well, unless you'll use them. Yeah, it keeps <laughs> keeps Jaden from rounding the corners off of maybe Vlad the Impaler or my truck or Ronda's Jeep. Uh, yeah. Anything else I own. So uh, thank you for hauling that up here. Oh, yeah. Man, nice pickup. Thanks. Hey, was it an excuse to drive the truck, too? Yeah, nice pickup, man. <laughs> I am hugely envious. That's a beautiful truck. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying the truck. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. 2018 uh, f-250 platinum with like every single option except the clearance lights on the roof and uh i bought it from carmax and i threw their bumper to bumper warranty on it because oh i'm scared of that six seven i you know i don't really think it has any problems but if it does i don't want to be holding the bag and you know every diesel repair like a minimum injectors thousands yeah pump, yeah thousands yeah so uh, what the warranty was twenty five hundred dollars for the next hundred thousand miles, basically, and and until the so essentially you dug to Miroed Carmax. Absolutely, <laughs> they have to fix everything and every repair. They already actually spent 
they put a DPF in it last week, and just that part's two grand. That doesn't even count the labor. So, so they've spent three grand on that so, truck. So you've already gotten money yeah. back on it. I'm I'm made whole. I'm good here. <laughs> it's a pretty truck. Yes. I understand the uh, the vibro massage seats in it are killer. They're actually uh, it uses the air bladders that would like that for uh, bolsters and everything like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's wait, how it massages. Wait a minute, you're you're not kidding. I thought we were going no, on a magic fingers. No, joke. no, no. It's no, got it has massage it's, seats. It's in a it. pretty good massage. Too, it's like rivals the new seven series. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. In a truck. What you, you think? I'm just going to pull cars around truck. the country without massage oh, seats? Yeah. Not without my special touch. I'm pretty sure my uh, <laughs> pretty sure my 03 Harley truck is jealous. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah. that's great! Man. They both got boost. We're good. Oh, it, it, so very very cool truck. Uh, <laughs> This is going to go off the rails. I can already oh, tell. Wow. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com, readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Driven Radio Show. Are you okay? You can oh, be okay? Yeah. No, I'm just trying to figure out where you put the quarter in. Is it into the side? Is it near the headrest? Where? <laughs> John says just put them in the console. He'll collect them later. Uh, you can also listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, please. And be sure to tell all your friends. If there's something you would like to hear more of, or something you think we should interview, send us an email at brett at readthedriven.com, or find us on Facebook. Send us pictures and the stories about your cars. Let us see your projects, cruisers, show cars, racers, whatever's in your garage. We want to see it. If your story is really cool and interesting, we could have you on the show as a guest. Send all your good stuff to brett at readthedriven.com. All righty. So uh, I will ask you, Mr. Mark, what have you been doing with cars this week? Why in the hell have you not bought that Plymouth yet? You know, I got to make him an offer. Uh, and that's that's the plan. Uh, actually, I, I, there's no BS. I was going to do it Monday. And that turned into a 14-hour workday. Dude, you got a phone. You go to the dead. John. Next time you're sitting on the throne, <laughs> send a guy a message. Dude, I've been eating in front of a laptop so that I could continue working. I, I uh, honestly breakfast, God, lunch, for and a dinner. second thought you were going to say you're uh, eating on the throne. No, 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 no. <laughs> Multitasking. I'm dedicated, but that's a uh, no. Oh no! Oh, nah. This is a slow filter. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, yeah, there's a 55 Plymouth that I've located that looks pretty cherry. That's the cleanest thing you've sent me to look at yet. Yeah, and there's even a video of the guy driving it, and that's uh, and it rolls along pretty sweet. It's uh, got the V8 in it. That it's is a, significantly yeah. better looking than the one you owned when you were a kid. Oh well, yeah. Well, no, that one was perfect. It was a it was a heinous, ugly, <laughs> overweight beast, and uh, but it was perfect. Uh, this one, yeah, it's red I and black. I thought you talking about me like that. <laughs> just gorgeous. Got it. You know, it's got a couple of things to it, but it's also in my price range. So I just uh, I got to get hold of the guy, and and we need to talk one on one. We've talked quite a bit, you know, on uh, on the Facebook Messenger, and see if that goes. And if not, then there's also a Galaxy here in Kansas. Uh, 66 Galaxy Just two get doors. This, get this stupid Plymouth, man. You've been talking 55 Plymouth for Yeah, yeah. My 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 Mopar uh, addiction. You, yeah, you that would feed to, it well. You need to feed that and feed it now. I can surmise everything I've done in cars this week in one sentence. Vlad is for sale again. Oh, oh. Now, now, where do we find it to to buy it from? Well, you? right now it's on Facebook. However, it's not on Facebook Marketplace. Uh-huh. Because Marketplace won't let me enter the price for the car. They keep saying that it's way above what others are pricing their 61 Impalas at. Kiss you know, my the trick for that butt. is if you set the uh, condition to like excellent or terrible, it I, should let you put any price you want. I set it to excellent, and they still told me, no, you can't put that price in. And then I tried to put it in for 500 bucks, and it wouldn't let me do that. It won't let me put the price in Weird. at all. Weird. So that's a real thing. I thought yeah. people were just yanking my chain. I, I no, can't tell you how BS. many I've looked at it. It won't let me put the price in. I'm like, one, two, three, four, kiss my butt. No, no. That, but and that's, that's for real. I'll be that's, that's for real. That's what it's doing. So I've got it listed on about 11 different pages uh, that I follow. And it's also, it's on Driven Radio. If you go to the if you go uh, to our Facebook page, yeah, yeah. you can find the listing there. I'm still wrangling back and forth with Facebook. I'm pretty sure they're going to give me the FTO about what I want to put the ad as. But huh. it's not that it's a bad car. It's not that it's got anything wrong with it. It's not that I'm angry with it or anything else. There's just so much other stuff that I would like to try out yeah. 
while I'm still young enough to do so. And it seems like time is kind of speeding up on me. So, oh, it do. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to find all the toys I can while I'm still young enough. Hey, yeah, I'm looking for a cobra. Just remember, he who dies with the most wins. <laughs> uh, well, I, I got a pretty good lead on most folks. There you go. So uh, I want to take a stab at it. Um, if I don't wind up selling her, I won't be heartbroken. That yeah. car is still just fantastic. Uh, I have multiple best of show wins for that thing. I have a top 10 finish at the 2019 KC streetcar takeover for that car. It's, it it is every bit of that pictures don't do it justice. Now, John, what have you been doing with cars this week? And this ought to be a pretty good list since you put out a new video every damn day. (laughs) Honestly, not that much. I did the, uh, the Buick, I guess it's we're only two days into the week, really, right? Yeah. So uh, Buick in one day, and before that, the two 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 ten Silverado I'm working on needs like a fender transmission, a couple little things. What is the state of the state on the Trolls Royce? <laughs> oh, uh, well, <laughs> it, it can't be the Trolls Royce. That belongs to another guy. No, in it's California. it's it's Corbin. We've had him on the yeah, show. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, we can't we can't be encroaching on it. Well, his. and you qu- didn't quite go as radically off the rails no, as no, Corbin no, 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 Goodwin no. did. Uh, mine's gonna be a nice like clean driver when it's done honestly that was kind of the plan and then it turned into a rat rod and i was like i like it leave it it's a paroles royce you know the, right. the, the funny <laughs> it's, thing it's was, rolls smoke rolls smoke the, the, <laughs> the funny thing was you covered the one that was down at ls fest yeah that's really basically where i was going with mine and then a guy who writes for our website for readthedriven.com covered the same car Oh, yeah, yeah. He took pictures of the same uh, LS-powered Rolls-Royce there. Uh, A guy named Zachary Sewell. Zach, if you're listening, nice work on that article. Thank you very much. And Mark was awesome. I mean, he filled me in on everything. He was like, here's how you do it. Here's how you get your rear end under the car. The rest of your build look good. I was like, cool, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That's... That's the best tips ever, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's got to be a really limited build. How many guys take? Five or six of us in the world have one of those. Yeah, no kidding. And yeah. this guy knows how it's all done. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. He's the guy to know. And uh, the Camaro is coming along. Camaro is uh, on infinite hiatus. It, it moved into the barn. Okay. Uh, I sold my old 82 EXP. Uh, it know, was staggering. You know, you had a couple of really weird old uh, 80s cars definitely. that nobody sees anymore. You had an EXP and you had your Rampage. Shelby swapped Rampage. And here's the deal. Those 80s cars are impossible to sell. And I don't like to just sit on cars and especially just throw them in the barn and forget about them, right? Well, it seems to be kind of a narrow focus now, but it's coming around. It, it, it may be. And, and the thing is, if it is coming around, I think they need to be really good examples. Well, it, it's, mine are, it almost takes guys my age cool. who know somebody who had one when we were in high school. Yeah. Because a good friend of mine had a really pretty red EXP when yep. we were in high yep. school. Yep. Well, at least it was pretty then. So <laughs> I, I love that car, and it ran really well. I put tons of money in it. I have like $5,000 in, in what's really like an $800 car, right? Because <laughs> I, uh, I bought all the parts from Europe, from Burton Power, because the CVH was more of a European engine because mm-hmm. the Escort was European, and it's based on the Escort, right? Yeah. So I imported all these parts and paid all those fees and uh, like thousands of dollars from Kent Cams. And then, you know, 500 in head work and another 500 in throwing the head on. And the money adds up fast. And I sold it for like 3500 bucks. I definitely took an L. And I'm guessing it ran... It ran great. Yeah. You know, I put Weber carbs on it. Well, one Weber. It's a single with a maybe... I don't know. It might have been a, a dual Weber. 32, 36, 32, 34. I don't know. I hate carburetors to death, but I put one on it that would work. <laughs> and man, it was quick. I was like, why is this car so quick? Because it weighs like a thousand pounds. Yeah, it doesn't weigh anything. Yeah. It doesn't weigh anything. But uh, know, the, I got rid of it. And then the Camaro went in its hole. That was the end of the story. Thing. The weird yeah. thing is with those, uh, if you're old enough to remember when Escorts were brand new cars yeah. and they were making them. There were eight zillionth of those things everywhere. On the road. They were everywhere. There yeah. were more of those than there are Camrys now. Oh yeah. And yeah. you look around. When's the last time you saw an Escort in traffic? Never. I mean, they. You might see like one or two a year. They all got crushed. Oh They're, yeah. That, those every, have been wiped off the face of the earth. Every one of those things. Well, I'm sure uh, cash for clunkers didn't help, but uh, every one of those things just got driven into the ground, absolutely hammered, and you don't see them ever it's a it's it's a also it's a really bad engine that's the secret i'll I'll say a little quieter it's it's like the worst (laughs) engine ever made they all have head gasket failure and that's why they all got crushed 
All right, so aside from that stuff, what's new in your car world? Well, aside from that and the car you drug up to my driveway. Yeah, uh, Silverado, getting ready to work on my Porsche again. I, I don't know. Uh, I got the got the new truck. Uh, and, of course, the 67 was kind of a big deal. The first gen Camaro, we put a LS2? Yeah, LS2 out of a Saab 97X in it real quick with a put the power glide back behind it and uh i mean it was a quick 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 build i had about two weeks to get that thing done from how how many cars do you have in your stable now i don't know 14 or 15 probably 14 now if you really had to count do you think it would be more than that no i think it i think 14 is a pretty good number it might be 15 (laughs) (laughs) or 20 i'm not sure well but like don't make me count it's really hard i have to be like well the r8's in florida i keep two at my sister's house i keep two at gabe's house i keep a couple over here i was um, (laughs) that's the next thing i'm gonna harass you about when is the r8 coming home oh uh, who knows honestly i really have no idea i talked to them quite a bit and the thing is i had a conversation with them last week because i was i was a little bit over the weight it's been three three months and change and i called and i was like hey guys this car was done about the first week after i dropped it off why don't I have it back yet? And they were like, well, we're still tuning. And I was like, well, I've been waiting a long time. And they said, you've been really good about that. Oh, oh <laughs> hey, like, by, the, by the way, by the, by that's the way, not an answer. everybody who's listening and knows where that car is, leave those people alone. Yeah, don't, don't bother them. Don't Everyone call them. Time. Don't harass them. If you're jacking with them, they're not jacking with John's car. Leave that's them right. alone. And you know what? I found out the rest of the story. Here's the deal. None of those guys tune their own cars because... It's like an it's an impossible thing to do. So there's probably five guys in the world that can actually do calibrations for twin turbo uh, Huracan R8 Aventador platforms, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them is John Reed Racing, who is by far the greatest in the country. He does all of Underground's cars, and he's with them at every event. And that guy can like look at a car and it goes faster. He, he's a magician, <laughs> and he's a killer Motec tuner. Uh, then I found out Hefner also outsources their tuning and that guy is just not working on my car. Oh, okay. So that's what it comes down to in reality. It's not their fault even. It's just people dragging their feet. Well, and it could be that he's booked if he's that good. He's probably that good. Yeah. He's probably got a waiting list. Oh yeah. What other projects do you have waiting in the wings? Uh no, I think I think Any, we've, anything you can talk about. I don't think anything secret right now. I, I I just have like the the current stable. We'll get back to the Saab one day and uh, have your neighbors encourage you to build a nineteen car garage in I'm, your backyard. I'm trying to figure out where to put the cars right now, uh, and that's actually that's harder than I mean buying cars is easy. Sure, and working on cars is easy. That stuff all makes sense. But when you're trying to find like property and put a big building on it, it's real difficult. Uh, you can move some of them to Kansas City, but I'll probably charge your rent. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you will. Okay. Well, this week we've got news about Bugatti possibly changing hands. GM has electric egg on its face. Sasquatch loves manual transmissions. Mustangs and Corvette Corvettes just won't stop, and a newer, meaner Corvette has been spotted testing. Our special guest this week is repeat offender Luke Chennel, who will be here to discuss the fall semester at McPherson College Auto Restoration Program, the Mercedes that are restoring to compete at Pebble Beach, and how COVID will shape the future of the car culture. Now, guys, uh, before we get started on all the news, and the news is plentiful, we got lots, uh... There's a little explanation because there were some questions about how we got to show number 100, how we got to 100 episodes. Uh, if you've been paying attention to the episode numbers, you saw that we magically jumped from episode 75 to episode 100. Uh, we'd done 75 episodes since we changed the name of the show from Road Muscle Radio to Driven Radio. We recorded 23 episodes as Road Muscle Radio. We had also recorded one bonus episode in the Driven Radio catalog, and that was Mark interviewing uh, people from last year's World of Wheels show. So we had 23 Road Muscle shows plus 75 Driven Radio shows. That gets us to 98. The one bonus show is 99. And the last show, number 100. Number 100. Number 100. Uh, if that isn't confusing enough, Mark and I relaunched Road Muscle Radio in March <laughs> as a separate show. Yeah. And we now have 26 episodes of RMR in the can. Welcome to Common Core Podcast Math. <laughs> that's, that's how that crap works now. Not from not as one and one from uh, not as one. Grandma. Totally, uh, yeah, I totally need a piece of paper out. and some pencil. 
we've got a lot of news to cover this week. God, we got a lot of news to yeah. cover this week. So let's go ahead and get to it. Looks like Bugatti may be about to change hands if a report from UK publication Car Magazine is to be believed. Citing unnamed sources, Car claims Volkswagen executives have already approved a deal in which ownership of Bugatti will be transferred to Croatian uh, EV car manufacturer uh, Remats. Spelled R-M-I-A-C. Lots of people are probably going to tell me, it's Rimac, you idiot. Uh, instead of a cash deal, Car says VW will increase its stake to 49% in the company. Uh, Volkswagen subsidiary Porsche already owns 15.5% of, uh, of Remats. They're going to get rid of Bugatti. That's amazing. That's kind of weird. Now, do you think they'll actually rename it? Just uh, no, uh, they won't rename. Suck it. up the car, there's, no, because that brand much, has got too much equity in it. Yeah, way, way. Uh, as Car Magazine suggests, the move does make some sense. Volkswagen's long-term goal is a future basked in electrification, and having a hyper niche luxury car maker uh, building nothing but inefficient gas-powered sixteen-cylinder supercars doesn't exactly <laughs> line up with that vision. Uh, plus, every Bugatti they make, they lose money on. Oh, wow. It really is, uh, you know, a, it's it's a flagship car for them. It's uh, brand recognition. But they, they lose money on every one of those that they make. And they're $3 million cars. So yeah, sometimes, to... sometimes seven, too, right? Oh, well, oh, yeah. Dear God, what? If, if they, they have that magic edition? finger yeah. seat like you have right. in your well, truck. Yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah. what was the, the black one that came out with last year? The Denor? Uh, yeah. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure Denoir it's Rimmick. or whatever. I'm pretty sure the name's Rimmick. Uh, you can say that. <laughs> I looked it up. Uh-huh. I even found a guy who did a tutorial on YouTube. You shut up. What did what did what did Richard Hammond say when how did he pronounce it? He said it, it was Remosh. Oh, okay, okay. Well, he said Remosh, but I found a German guy on YouTube today who said it's Remotz. Okay. Well, so. all I know is I don't love this. It sounds like uh you, you know Bugatti is perfection and they're like the pinnacle of car technology. There's really nothing that makes me happier than the Veyron and the Chiron. Well, because it, four turbos and eight radiators and, and sixteen cylinders and all it. that stuff. That's it. But it's a numbers car, and it makes thing, me though. happy. In the trade, uh-huh. Volkswagen Group winds up owning forty nine percent of uh, Remotz anyway. Sure. So I don't really see downside for them. I, I mean, maybe nothing's changing at all, and as long as the car remains the same, that's cool. And I love EVs. You know, I kind of well, look for and, EVs and too. Plus, so. the you've seen the remote uh, remotes and the, yeah. the way they perform it. It's staggering, crazy. As long as you keep short Brits out of it, right? <laughs> hey, and they make cool bicycles, so that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, but that bicycle is like fifteen thousand. Hammond flung that thing off that curve like a frisbee, <laughs> and uh, second car he's absolutely totaled and burnt up in a decade. Somebody needs to you know put a, some kind of a leash on him it happens cars yeah. cars break this is the best story all week i i'm not sure why i love this so much because i don't i don't relish the idea of gm having to eat a turd sandwich however uh, yeah from uh muscle cars and trucks and this is a long bit stick with us controversy kneecaps nicola general motors blinks on the deal uh the gm nicola 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 you know, Recola. Uh, Remick. Okay. Remick. Uh, <laughs> the GM Nick deal, it was supposed to be finalized uh, September 30th, the, the day of recording, but the dotted line is nope, ain't going to happen. Move follows volley after volley of different controversies that have hindered the startup automaker. Now, just two days after the GM Nicola deal was uh, announced, Hindenburg Research published an expose with the sole intent to paint Nicola Motors and its founder, Trevor Milton, as frauds. Uh, now, Hindenburg Research is a company that specializes in shorting stocks on other companies. Uh. So initially, it was uh, Nikola thought that Hindenburg, or at least people outside looking in, thought that Hindenburg was trying to short Nikola and make a profit on it. Right. Turns out they're not wrong. Oopsies. 
Uh, of course, the Nicholas stock plummeted. Jim was painting, painted as being had, and it, it was just the beginning of it. Here we go. Two weeks after the deal was announced, founder and executive chairman Trevor Milton resigned from the company. Bye-bye. Oops. And then he deleted all his social media accounts. Oh, no. I mean, really, bye-bye. Yeah, that doesn't look uh, good. I would be looking for him somewhere on a beach uh-huh. with a laptop that's not in his name. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> then another bombshell followed this week. A sexual allegation report regarding Milton published by CNBC. Big surprise there. Hindenburg Research didn't have anything like that little chunk of, of a surprise. Listen, nobody's gone to court. Nobody's found out anything yet. But outside looking in, it doesn't look like Milton's a real good guy. No, maybe not. Tesla is suing them over its Class 6 slash 7 truck design, a truck that allegedly was a- unable to run on its own power during a demonstration event. Man, it just gets better. <laughs> The, uh, I'm sorry, that, that shouldn't be funny. All the while, the SEC is looking into Hindenburg's original claims of fraud in regard to Nikola Motors. Oh, man. The highest officers within General Motors claim that GM did its due diligence when forming the partnership with Nikola. Now, they might Nuh-uh. have, you know, overall, um, and it depends. I, uh, To be bluntly honest, I worked uh, for a shyster company down in Dallas, Texas. It was a startup media company, mm-hmm. and on, on first blush, these people were rocking and rolling. We were making a great weekend product. We were doing this and that. We were busting ass during the week. Yeah, it but. all looked good. But then when all of the all of a sudden there was no money and it was all kind of in this little bank account somewhere in the Bahamas. Yeah, but <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah, yeah, but this is GM. They should have done massive due diligence on something like this. This was a two billion dollar deal. Well, you get big enough and proud enough. Okay. You know, uh, Steve Gursky, former GM vice chairman, now current Nikola uh, executive chairman in place of Trevor Milton, said to have facilitated the GM Nikola deal. Uh, deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gursky is putting his decorated reputation on the line. Now, he insists his team at, uh, at investment firm Vecto IQ had vetted Nikola thoroughly before presenting a deal to GM. Again, I say no. The former GM vice chairman, who's now the head of Nikola, is the one who was in charge of the company that vetted uh-huh. the company that... Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, evidence is mounting to suggest otherwise. <laughs> the circle is complete. Yeah, everybody uh, check your shoes. I smell something foul. <laughs> According to the Detroit Free Press, GM will not finalize the Nikola deal on its anticipated closing date. Uh, and just a quick from the quote, our transaction with Nikola has not closed, was not closed, has not closed. We are continuing our discussions with Nikola and will provide further updates when appropriate or required. <laughs> By like, the government. <laughs> can you size the peanut? Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's just looking like an, a mess. The original deal, GM was supposed to develop, validate, and they build were, this electric fuel cell. They were going to make the Badger. Yeah, the Nikola Badger truck. Badgers? Stin- you know, the Badger. Maybe that was should have been the first clue. You called it a Badger? We really? don't need no stinking Badgers. And we're following up with a coupe called the Weasel. Um, <laughs> so in exchange, Nikola was going to give, uh, will give GM $2 billion in stock and 11% stake in the company. Yeah, they're going to have to go get stock in some other company that over $2 billion. That's <laughs> right. Tough. That's right. It's good. You know, I have stock in that company I was talking about. I've got my 100 shares of it still. Mm-hmm. I have it mm-hmm. in a little envelope that, that I like to look at That four bucks will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. You're not kidding. <laughs> um, General Motors has the right to nominate one board member at Nikola, and then upon signing, GM would have locked, uh, locked into Nikola's stock until 2025, but the deal would have lasted for 10 uh, years total. It's so already 10 years too long. It's... Uh, it's just a big mess that's not looking great. Well, here's the problem with all of this is they're so quick to get involved with this. I'm betting that's a, a lot uh, or they're they're motivated very much by the fact that Ford and Amazon bought such a big chunk of oh, Rivian. Yeah. And trying to get ahead of a deal. Yeah. 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 Well, in their effort to try and get ahead of a deal, they may have just gotten kicked in the teeth. So. <laughs> Well, you know, they're too big to fail. So <laughs> I don't really know why they even chase this stuff down, because GM can do EVs pretty well. Yeah, you, like, you've got proof of that. Yeah, I've got a Volt. The Volt is, I mean, the Volt's like the worst thing, because it's ugly, and they just they take the Volt, they're perfect, and then everything works. But, but, <laughs> Volt is good. And then they have Cadillac, and they always steal Super Cruise. They have CLR. First, CLR is cool, and Super Cruise is really good at like, 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 level two or something. But 
it's really good. And if they would just build an EV and put put a shield badge on it, it would yeah. Sell. Well, screw Nikola, screw Rivian. I still want the Cybertruck. Oh, I, I that, have a Cybertruck for that. That giant Tron looking thing yeah. coming from uh, Tesla. I hope they build that. It's just unfortunate that it got resized. You heard about that? Yeah, right? seven eighths. Well, they had to be able uh, yeah. to stick it in garages. Yeah, I get it. But I I still want them to build that, and I want them to build that electric four wheeler they had in the back oh, of that yeah. sucker when oh, they. Oh yeah. Hey, Sign me yeah, up. Rich Rebuilds did it, so now it's it's in the wild. Now, to speak of a nicer monster uh, from Roden Track, Ford has confirmed the Bronco Sasquatch package will be available with a manual. I want one of these just because it's called Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, my God. The Sasquatch package makes me so happy. That's freaking awesome. You know, I when we, when we watched the, uh, the the secret just for certain people, but everybody on God's Green Earth watched it, uh, oh, live yeah. event with a Bronco. And you and I and Corey sat down at your at your couch and just was like, oh, that's actually cool. Cause yeah, was, really, really good. Honestly, I was ready to make fun of it. Yeah. Because I'm an a-hole. <laughs> but uh, it was really I cool. think that's the common thread here. <laughs> <laughs> and so well thought out, all the gadgets and gadgets and stuff. And then found out that the, the package that we really liked, the one you saw in most of the videos, was with the big tires and the big stuff. And, oh, yeah, And yeah. all this stuff was the Sasquatch package. I'm like, oh, hell yes. Absolutely. I'm in. Game on. Absolutely. I want the sticker for the back window with a silhouette of Sasquatch <laughs> on it that says, Sasquatch doesn't believe in you either. <laughs> Are you Yeti yet? Uh, the new Ford Bronco Sasquatch package will be available with a manual transmission. Uh, it's a must-have for hardcore off-road enthusiasts with position-sensitive Bilstein shocks, a shorter 4.7 to 1 uh, final drive ratio, locking axles front and rear, 17-inch bead lock-capable wheels, damn, and a set of 35-inch mud terrain tires. Fives. Big tires. Uh, Ford has confirmed it all after uh, it will offer Sasquatch package-equipped Broncos with a 7-speed stick shift. I want one. Now, they're going to, uh, and this is a quote from it, pairing the Sasquatch with a manual transmission and available advanced 4x4 system gives it a maximum crawl ratio of 94.75 to 1. How can that be? I mean, that's cool. I like it when they can idle, uh, you know, or like rock crawl at oh, idle yeah. and you just sit there. That, yeah, I mean, just put it in gear, <laughs> take, your foot, take your feet off everything. That's so right. Watch it go. That's right. Super Chris. Providing even more <laughs> off-road capability, Ford Icon Global Director David Perichak uh, said in a statement, or Perichak, the Sasquatch package is optional on the base, Big Bend, Black Diamond, Outer Banks, and Badlands Bronco trims. Give me that Badlands. Oh, dude, the Badlands looks cool. It comes standard with the Wild Track and first edition trucks. Ford says the Bronco configurator, complete with full pricing, will go live in October. So, in, uh, you know, uh, by the time that this is yeah. uh, this hits, yeah, when you street, hear it, you can get on there and do it. Truck is uh, to go on sale in spring of 2021. Though Broncos equipped with the Sasquatch package and manual transmission won't hit dealerships in, until in late 2021. You got a year. You got what a year. is the one thing that would make people absolutely go ape? Manual transmission. Man's huh? transmission. But what is the one thing they could do? Eight cylinder. Yeah. If they would drop oh, that eight no. cylinder in there. Come no, on. No, yes. No. Yes. Yes. Stop it. Oh, yes. come on, JR. You know it. You know that would put the glint in a person's eyes. You know, I, I really love the new 4GT more than anything because they didn't. And I'm really, I'm, I, the EcoBoost is really good. Other than like turbo failure, it's really good. I don't want Ego EcoBoost. I want EgoBoost. I want eight cylinders, and it want loud, and the tires spin uselessly. Have you driven oh, a GT on. yet? Surely you have. No, uh, only the old, the 05 GT and 0506. I, I haven't driven the new one. I got to drive a new one in Vegas it's last It's got to be the greatest car ever built, other and, than like the Veyron. Boy, you yeah. don't you don't even have to breathe on the pedal. That thing breaks Perfection. loose and will get weird. It's, it's I another love it. uh, you know, exercise in technology, and I think that's the greatest thing about cars. The exhaust note doesn't sound right, but Who at cares? some point you stop caring. It's so yeah, stinking it's, fast. It's so fast. It is. You know what else the exhaust note doesn't sound right on? The Tesla. And the, <laughs> and the Taycan Turbo S, and yeah. you know what? Those cars are on. Those cars are painful to be inside. They're so fast. I, um, I tell you, I'm, and I've I've told this story a bunch of times, and I'll still never get over it. Probably one of the most surreal things that's happened to me in a car. I was driving it with Joey Hand, the guy who won, uh, had the class win at Twenty Four Hour Le Mans two thousand sixteen uh-huh. uh-huh. in that car. Yeah, and he's riding shotgun. I'm driving it. We're on the Las Vegas Strip. 
way early on a Friday morning. It's like nine o'clock, which in Vegas, yeah, no one's awake. It's perfect. It, it's you, you're surprised you don't see tumbleweeds <laughs> right, right. down the street. <laughs> We're sitting at the light, waiting to turn back onto the Las Vegas Boulevard, and a pre-production Corvette test mule, eighth oh. gen, twenty twenty Corvette, shoots through the intersection with the roof uh, section out. <laughs> And Joey Hand and I both look at each other and go, that was a Corvette! <laughs> you know, we're all wound up about that, and it kind of sinks in. We're in the new You're Ford GT. You're in a million-dollar <laughs> supercar with a guy who won Le Mans, jackass. Yep. <laughs> get You're your good. Head, get your head in the game. Also, uh, on the Bronco note, you can't go get... the Well, you can't get a first edition, because I tried to get oh, one. Sold they were sold out. They're yeah. already sold out. Yeah. I was logged into the website, and I probably tried for an hour and could not get one. In fact, we did a story uh, a couple weeks after that. They said that they doubled the production on the first edition because they had so many pre-orders. They had to in order to fulfill them. Yeah. rather than kicking people I mean, out. And they still cut it off. So, it like, made 45 minutes into it is well, when yeah, it was no, over. They, yeah. they doubled the production, wow. and it yeah. was already sold out. Oh, yeah. So, done. Uh, you'll have to wait for the secondary market, and somebody will want you to pay a $50,000 premium to have I it, I'm sure. I'll buy the second edition. Just, just like 8th Gen Corvette. That's hard <laughs> right now. In uh, not-so-good Ford news, Ford is recalling the 2020 Mustang because the brake pedal might fail. Oopsies. Uh, <laughs> car no stop. Here, yeah, here's here's your throaty note. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Ford's issued a recall for certain 2020 Mustangs equipped with automatic transmissions because the bracket that holds a brake pedal may fracture during sudden oh. stopping, increasing the risk of a crash. Meaning, damn pedal falls off if you smack the brakes too hard. <laughs> According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration recall site, thirty-eight thousand and Five vehicles produced between March 14th, 2019 and August 13th, 2000, or 2020 are potentially affected. The safety report issued alongside the recall states Ford has was made aware of six separate incidents of the bracket failing in Mustang. Four were in Europe and two were in North America. No crashes or injuries have been associated with the defect. Ford's fix is to replace the entire brake pedal as bracket assembly free of charge. Oh, that's good. The NHTSA says the recall isn't expected to begin until November 16, 2020. So until then, we re- recommend avoiding threshold brake stops in your automatic 2020 Mustang. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> Holy crap, dude. Uh, you... you <laughs> It's called Uber. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see if your car is affected, head over to the NHTSA's dedicated slowly, recall site. Very slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do it at home. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and enter your VIN. There oh, it is. my sweet Jesus. And in more, oh, my God, I can't stop news. <laughs> Chevy reportedly issues a stop sale order on the C8 Corvette over brake by wire issue. Oh, God. Uh huh. Well, you know. <laughs> this story and the last story, both from Road and Track, General Motors issued a stop sale order to dealers Thursday night for 2020 model year Corvettes per CorvetteActionCenter.com. The order and its associated recall have to do with material contamination within the car's electronic brake boost system. The order affects a handful of other GM products, uh, including the Chevy Trailblazer, Buick Encore, and a handful of Cadillacs. Thank God it doesn't affect old Buick LeSabres. Hey! Uh, <laughs> There's uh, no brick by wire. <laughs> yeah. A bulletin issued to GM dealers and obtained by CorvetteActionCenter.com lays out the details. The C8 Corvette uses a brake by wire system that uses electronic sensors to relay how much pressure to apply to the brakes versus a purely mechanical system. Extra pedal force will be required to slow and stop the vehicle, increasing the risk of a crash should communication from the sensor in the qu- in question be interrupted. Welcome to the wonderful world of drum brakes. <laughs> you know, I've never had that problem with an interruption between the pedal and the drum brakes. In my first generation Corvette, I have had the problem of having four-wheel drum brakes and a panic stop helping you see God. <laughs> this is just you got to push hard. Push real hard push if you want to stop. Real hard. You gotta mean it. Uh-huh. And, and I'm getting, I'm guessing, as your butt cheeks clamp shut, oh, yeah. you'll be able to mean it just fine. It'd be a big problem if the bre- pedal couldn't communicate with the brakes while you're driving down the road. Chevy's fix is to replace the electronic brake booster module free of charge. This is the first recall for the C8 that actually requires the car to visit the dealership. The previous two recalls on the frunk. 
the front trunk release could be completed via the over over the air software yeah. updates yeah. holy crap oopsies um now it's not just the corvette it is the other cars too but geez man are we really gaining that much by going break by wire? Yeah, adaptive cruise. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Bunch of crap. Adaptive All the cru- cool things. I'm, I'm adaptive cruising, <laughs> but I can't stop it, some bitch. Really, uh, <laughs> self-driving is the big, the big drive-by-wire gain. Yeah, really I, cool. I get that. And finally, we got some uh-huh. good Corvette news. Yay! Uh, Yay! Good Corvette news. Uh, from Muscle Cars and Trucks, a uh, C8 corvette z06 has been spotted and it's wearing unique duct work uh c8 corvette z06 squadron has been spotted testing in the colorado mountains my understanding is they're testing in colorado for the altitude trying to get the car to overheat oh trying to see how it responds to thinner air uh one of them was spotted with a peculiar setup featuring a pronounced bulge on the frunk of the upcoming supercar as well as pronounced intake vents one on each side uh, other Z06 prototypes thus far haven't had those features. Reportedly, uh, what is powering these test mules is the LT6 5.5 liter double overhead cam flat plane crank V8. God, you bitches, get it, Sasquatch! No, no, no. Calm down, little you monkey. I think it's, I'll just do that anytime we mention a V8 yeah, from now on. Sasquatch! The Corvette racing team is also running a 5.5 liter flat plane double overhead crank, uh, double overhead cam wow. V8 based on the LT6. Output is expected to be around 600 horse. While its red line is expected to be near 9,000 RPM. It's over 9,000. Wow. First of all, that's 9, really 000. cool, though. Oh, Can you imagine the sound? I know. it's Okay, wait, we can. The IMSA cars do sound like that. Well, and also, but... if you'll go back to the uh, Mustang GT350, the Shelby oh, GT350s, yeah, yeah, yeah. those things sounded amazing. And there's a guy who did a flat plane crank in a 6th gen Corvette, uh-huh. and there are videos on YouTube. I wish you were familiar with YouTube. I've never heard of it. And uh, <laughs> that car sounded glorious. Cool. So, uh, very cool. According to those familiar with the matter, uh, those vents are meant to assist with airflow and cooling. The vent in the front may point to an extra heat exchanger taking up space in the front. This is not the C8 Corvette ZR1. This is not the C8 Corvette Zora hybrid supercar. Those vehicles are still out by several years, but take comfort that the 2022 Corvette Z06 is right around the corner. That's going to be pretty cool. I can't wait to see it. Oh, man. That'll be cool. I'm so excited. And you wonder why I'm selling Vlad now? I'm prepping, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready for the big boy. I'm, I'm ready for the big one, not that one. The the big <laughs> one's where it's at. <laughs> New Run runs a 2827. That's, oh. that's fast. It's not electric car fast, <laughs> but it's fast. Our special guest this week is Luke Channel, associate professor in the McPherson College Auto Restoration Program, and also a famous Bradley GT <laughs> monger. If any of you question that, I have the pictures to prove it. <laughs> uh, Luke will be here to discuss the fall semester at McPherson College Auto Restoration Program, the Mercedes they are restoring to compete at Pebble Beach, Oof. and how COVID will shape the future of car culture. He also has a fantastic, embarrassing story uh, <laughs> about being on... Uh, a reality car TV oh, show. Oh, God, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, all this and much more is coming up next on... Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio Studios and lovely, beautiful. Damn, it has been beautiful. Man, the weather. Oh, dude, so start, nice. Starting to get those first tastes of fall. Lovely, beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guest this week is Luke Chennel. Uh, special guest, repeat offender, whatever. <laughs> uh, Luke is an associate professor in the McPherson College Auto Restoration Program and a famous Bradley GT monger. He also hosts the staggeringly popular After Cars Show Barbecue in May, at which drunken auto journalists can be found cooking sausages. Hey, Luke. <laughs> Welcome back, pal. Hey. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, Brad. Glad to be here. I like, always love being on the show. It's um, a lot of fun. And we miss having you here, and that's no BS. We haven't been able to see each other for a long time, man. How are you doing? How's everything? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're back teaching again, and uh, that has been just nothing but a joy to be back with the students. Uh, it's just so good to see 
all those young people who love old cars and just are so hungry for knowledge. You having a good fall semester? I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm teaching a bunch of classes. We've got eight project cars going and eight different uh, either transmissions or rear axles on the bench at one time. So there's parts flying in and out the door. It's, it's just, it's bedlam, but it's good. Okay. It's eight, fun. eight projects. And one of them I'm going to ask you about specifically, but what are the others you have going? Uh, so I've got a model a Ford, always working on those. Um, got a 64 Falcon Ranchero, Ooh. um, working on a 70 Camaro, uh, 64 Studebaker Avanti, I guess actually just Avanti, uh, R2, so supercharged one. Uh, and then I've got Porsche 356, uh, 1941 Packard 110, Ooh. and there's also a 31 Chevy. And we're all, we've also been working a little bit on a, a K Lincoln, on a 1934 K Lincoln model KB, the big one. Very um, cool. So, the 356 yeah. is that a one the one that Amanda Gutierrez took on the SCM 1000 last year? Yes, it is. In fact, uh, a couple of the the local girls here were learning to drive a stick on it. And they burned the clutch out. Of it, so <laughs> <a> clutch job. <laughs> hey, at least they're learning. That's yeah. That's not burn the clutch out. That's learned the clutch yeah, out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, if there's a reason to sacrifice a clutch, I I never fault you know anyone for burning out a clutch when they're learning. So a question I already know the answer to, uh, how's it like going back to teaching in a mask? Actually, I, I, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it turned out to be. Really? Um, yeah, it turns out that my facial expressions aren't that important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, also, it also turns out that, you know, um, when you're underneath the car on a lift with a couple guys and a bunch of crap falls down off of it, the mask actually keeps it like out of your nose and face, which is yeah, if only, desirable. if only we'd known this 20 years ago. <laughs> we probably would have eaten a lot less garbage off the bottom of cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got a lot of cool stuff going on, very cool cars, and you know the 356 is going to hook me in the Camaro and stuff like that. But what I'm really interested to know about is the Pebble Beach Mercedes. How is that coming, and uh, what's the progress look like? So it's coming along really just spectacular. Um, every day I walk by and boy, there's kids are so dedicated to that project. Um, they finished up the metal work on it this summer, which is a big milestone. Uh, it's now in high build. Uh, it's the goal was last weekend to get it into high build primer and they weren't quite there. They're, they're getting a lot of the just, you know, glazing and getting it smooth, uh, sorted out. Um, but they're, they're really pushing and they, the, really want to see the thing get into color soon. The fact so, that you've got the metalwork done on that is really impressive because as clean as it was, when you got the paint off, it it did need some attention. You know, every car is like that. I don't think I've ever seen a car when it's naked that doesn't need just huge amounts more work than you would, you would initially guess. And, you know, the thing of it is, um, to do the metalwork on that thing, you know, it, that car is an interesting mix of being hand-built and also factory-built. Mm -hmm. And so parts of the hand-built section, they, they essentially just covered that stuff up with filler when it was new. <laughs> I mean, that, and that wasn't unusual in the coach-building trade, even yeah. if on a Mercedes on a high-end car. But, you know, the, the space frame and all that, there were issues with it. And so in remanufacturing some of that stuff, you had to make it look like it was factory-built. And at the same time, maintain that kind of individual coach built nature on other parts. So it was a real, a real challenge and a real melding of worlds, really, to make it happen. When you're uh, working on one of the really older coach built, uh, I've always been curious about this. Which is easier to work with, uh, body filler or actually leaded? Yeah, I was about to ask. Wasn't the wasn't the filler on that mostly lead? So. Traditionally, coach builders would do two things. They would use lead, um, and, and then they also would use lacquer uh, filler, lacquer putty. Uh, so it, it, they used to still sell them. I don't know if they do, but it was called glazing putty. And so they didn't bother to get the metal. I mean, they got the metal work good, but they didn't get it to, to, to be just perfect. They would skim coat the entire car in glazing compounds. <laughs> yeah. That's like the car isn't done in my price range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you see a mix of that. I mean, you it's don't liquor coat. You'll see evidence of the of the glazing putty, but usually it's mostly gone. And so, but you definitely see lead. So we um, 
so in doing that car, we, um, we used lead for kind of the important seams and that sort of stuff. Um, and, and we're definitely not coating the entire car in filler, but, uh, more tried to sort out the metal work to where it's right. To answer your question a little more directly, um, lead is really nice to work with because you don't have to wait for it to dry. You just heat it up and paddle it around if yep. you mess up. Yeah. So I, I, I've always liked working with it a lot more. Um, it has its inconveniences, but, but it's, it's a fun thing to do. Okay. Now I'm excited to see the darn thing. And isn't, isn't homecoming this weekend? Uh, it is this weekend. We have virtual homecoming. So. Uh, I, I I suppose that that car might be featured during homecoming at some point. It very well may be. I have not heard <laughs> the plans, but that may be the case. All righty. Um, you and I talked a little bit uh, yesterday and today, and I wanted to hear your thoughts as far as what you think, how COVID will affect car culture going forward. What are what will be the future of shows and uh, car events, and what do you think we're going to see down the road? So this all stems from an observation I had really back in March and April. And that was like the first thing everybody did was went to their cars. And so it gave me just a tremendous amount of hope for car culture. Like if people wanted to have a social gathering, what did they do? They all went and drove down the road together. Yep. And so like that default notion of automobilism just sticks with us even through these really tough times. And so I think for me – I see really a, a return. I saw a return to pleasure driving. You know, people were enjoying driving cars again. And that's just kind of a remarkable statement given the status of where things were before. John, um, John wishes he knew what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no time in your cars at all. Oh, man. I never spend any time with them. Build them, sell them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so what I see on, from the car show circuit is I, I think we're going to see more driving events, and I am all for that. I mean, the experience is better. It's more fun. You know, I, you're not never going to get rid of the Concord Delegance. I mean, those big-time events are going to yeah. persist. But but I think you're going to see more of an emphasis towards towards driving. Frankly, I would rather I, uh, you know, I, I, I like car shows. I like going and seeing what's out there. But, you know, how many times can you go to a car show and see – guys sitting in lawn chairs behind their cars and a PA playing 50 50s music someplace. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock them because I've been to plenty of them myself, but I'd really rather be behind the wheel. I think that's why cars and coffee dominates because it's not who nobody cares about the cars. We just came to hang out with our friends and talk about cars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, uh, so in place of the McPherson car show this year, a bunch of us, I shouldn't say a bunch, maybe about six or eight of us got together in our various vintage cars and went for a ride together. And that was just the best experience, you know, going on a, a caravan, um, just finding kind of some random road and just, you know, navigating our way around the countryside. It was just, just unbelievably fun. Yeah. And, and I think too of, uh, you know, Tom Cotter and a bunch of those guys, they organized uh, a rally outside of Charlotte where they just drove the ring roads, mm. uh, you know, in whatever high zoot sports cars they had, just <laughs> just to go out and have fun, more or less. We're working on planning a rally out of Kansas City uh, in conjunction with rallies across America. So there will be an event here. And, uh, of course, you're invited. And if you don't have anything you want to bring up, you can certainly drive one of my critters. I have no problem with that. <laughs> All my cars are too slow. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, I have a Corvette you probably fit in pretty well. You can drive that if you want. I'd love that. Uh, so my favorite question of any Petty We interview is always, what's the dumbest thing you've done in a car? And I've managed to get three pretty decent stories out of you, and I even made you repeat <laughs> one of them once just because it always makes me laugh. And I feel bad that I'm laughing a little, but uh, <laughs> it is the, the best damn story. Since I've asked you that one a few times, uh, the question for you tonight is what is one of the more embarrassing things you've ever done involving cars? Well, ones I can say on a podcast. Um, so, <laughs> so I was on, when I was, I don't know, 23 or something, I was on the model T forum and somebody, uh, posted this kind of, this was, you know, early cryptic days of the internet. And so somebody on the model T forum posts this kind of odd message. Like we're looking for model T people that would be involved, be interested in being on a show. 
And so all the people on there just went nuts and they were like, oh, my God, you know, what is this scam or whatever? So I just <laughs> responded to the to the person. And I think it was about a day later, I got a call from uh, this casting director and uh, she says, yeah, I'm with Monster Garage uh, out in, you know, in Long Beach, California. And uh, we're building this car. I can't tell you what it is, but we're interested in you. Can you do a, uh, a face-to-face or, you know, a screen interview, which I did. And apparently I did well enough because she called me back the next day and said, here's your plane tickets. You're going to Long Beach for five <laughs> oh. days to build something on Monster Garage. So I showed up and not having a clue, of course, and it turned out we were building a tea bucket snowcat. So there's been all this, you know, ballyhoo about me, the original Model T guy, being afraid to cut up a car. And we get there and I see this fiberglass piece of junk and I'm like, give me the sledgehammer. And I'll tear this thing apart. So, so we get going on it. I'll tell you what, when you've had a camera in your face for five days, it, you forget it's there. And also, you know, when you're out in a strange environment with a bunch of guys you haven't met and very little sleep, you will do things you would not otherwise do. Uh-oh. So by about three, day three or four, they, of course, they know this, right? Mm-hmm. They've got this down to a science. And so they asked me to do jumping jacks. And of course, in the intro to this Monster Garage segment I'm on, the first thing that you see is me doing jumping jacks outside of the garage in Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you got your so hat on. I did not have my hat on. Oh. So, of course, the, the, the most indignity, the highest indignity of the whole thing was that if you wear light-colored shirts like I like to do on camera, mm-hmm. it makes you glow. So, like, I couldn't wear my own wardrobe. They gave me a bunch of stupid Monster Garage T-shirts that I had to wear. Oh. Um, I finally gave away the last one to a student a while ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but So then they put me on this... Art, so they had all these ski-themed kind of things since we were building the snowcat. So they put me on a ski machine. And I, I, I grew up in Colorado, and I've never been skiing in my life. So, of course, I fall down about six times <laughs> and just make a total ass of myself. Um, and, you know, of all the things that get included, that's one of them. <laughs> there, of course, there's plenty of drama of me screwing stuff up. I turned out to be the fall guy in the episode. Um, oh. But we we kind of got our, our coup de gras on them. Like most of those teams that came together, uh, they, they didn't really jive well. You know, most of them were people who'd never met each other. Mm-hmm. Well, all the guys I was working with were snowcat guys. And there was like an odd hot rodder thrown in there. So they were used to fabricating and building stuff like no problem. So in the allotted seven day build time, which is really five days, we were done in like three and a half. <laughs> and uh, the producers were just jerks. I mean, I just couldn't stand them. So all, and that that was agreed upon among all of us. So uh, the last day, like the last day of filming, the big day, you know, the big finale, and all this, uh, they're always hammering us. You got to be here at seven in the morning, and all of us, all of us were like, we're, we want to sleep in, you know, we, mm-hmm. or we're used to working every day. We don't have a problem getting our work done in time. So, <laughs> so the last day. We all went out to uh, the Long Beach Pier to a restaurant that was out on the pier uh, and just sat and had the most leisurely breakfast. <laughs> and at the time, all the guys, I didn't have a cell phone, but all the guys that did, they just set them in the middle of the table and we just sat and ate breakfast and watched them ring off the hook. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, we, we completed the build. I got the toolbox. I still use it today. Um, and, uh, they, they cast me in a pretty poor light on there. It turns out now that episode has been translated into like German and about six other languages. So if you go on YouTube, you can find me translated into German doing jumping jacks. (laughs) (laughs) That's freaking awesome. All right. Uh, something I didn't warn you about, uh, how'd the pool turn out? Oh, the pool's good. Uh, you know, like all the projects I do, it got done right in time for it to get cold. So yeah. we got to swim for about three days. What, you, what are you going to do when point. we have a barbecue at your house and all the drunk car guys are jumping in your pool? I'm going to enjoy that is what I'm going <laughs> to do. <laughs> um, I, I got to tell you, man, the car show weekend in May is my favorite weekend all year long. And the fact that we didn't get to do it this year just broke my heart. And a good chunk of that is the fact that 
We didn't get to go to your house. We didn't get to cook. I didn't get to be the sausage king again. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it as soon as all this garbage is hammered out. I will be there to help with everything with bells on. Just tell me when. And I don't care yeah. if it's car show weekend or not. Let's just have a cookout, get everybody out there, and we'll do heinous car crap. Yeah. I uh I have to say I cooked a brisket that day and it was it was practically seasoned with tears. I mean it was just just <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I re I miss that weekend. And I miss you too, brother. It's been too long. Uh, as soon as you can get up here, I will drag you to an, yet another barbecue place or two. Uh, if you find a weekend, you're more than welcome. Doors always open. I'm always up for it, man. Uh, that was Luke Chennel, associate professor in the McPherson College Auto Restoration Program and also a, a great friend of mine. I love Luke to death. You can find all of Luke's social media links as well as those from McPherson College and the Auto Restoration Program on readthedriven.com. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online. Jesus, you can find us online everywhere. Have you seen this list now? It, it seems to <laughs> it's grow. Everywhere. It's everywhere. It seems to grow weekly. You can find us online at drivenradioshow.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Catfish Groves and the dedicated Yay! and rather wonderful Mr. John Ross of uh, Watch JR Go on hey, YouTube. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. I, thanks for dragging that car up here. I really appreciate it. That's probably the fastest threat to sell and then sold <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. you've oh, ever yeah. had. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.